the guy like tried to uh, like translate and like apologize for us and be like, look, these guys like did not shit on the floor. We were with them like hours ago and they went like to bed, like, but this guy just wouldn't have it. Convinced that one of us shit on the floor. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Banecdotes, the podcast that likes to showcase and cover all sorts of unsigned and underground heavy acts from the wonderful province of Ontario here in Canada. Hope you're having a good day today. It's a hot one out there, so make sure you're staying cool. Make sure you're staying inside. Make sure your pets are staying cool and staying inside. You wouldn't want to be stuck in a hot parked car on a day like today. But guess what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you something that the weatherman doesn't tell you. I'll tell you why it's so damn hot here on Banecdotes today. Because my guest, Alex Clark. That's right. Alex Clark is the vocalist of a band called Loose Teeth. And he also plays bass in a band called Life in Vacuum. We had a great conversation together. He had some hilarious anecdotes, especially because Life in Vacuum has actually been overseas. So he's had some wacky interactions over there, to say the least. You'll hear him get into that. If you haven't already, make sure you check out my bands. I play in a band called Sinner, and you can check us out at sinnerculture.bandcamp.com. We play blackened hardcore. It's pretty heavy. Uh, I also play in a very silly stoner punk rock band, punk hardcore band called uh, Hellbent, and you can check us out at hellbentband.bandcamp.com. You know, we sing about being stoned and loving our puppies, and, you know, we just like to have a good time. (laughs) I also play in a band called Druid, which is like straight up a black metal band. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music. You should be able to find it. We have an EP out right now. Anyways, I'm going to quit talking and we're going to move on to some music right now. I'm going to play a tune from Loose Teeth. This song is called Faith Healing. Here on Banecdotes.
Alex, how are you doing? It's been a minute since I've seen you. How have you been? Yeah, good dude. I mean, as good as you can be in the pandemic, I suppose. Um, just uh, working on music and waiting until we can play shows again. How have you been? Pretty good. Keeping busy. Spinning a lot of plates, but uh, doing well. Uh, when's the last time you think we've seen each other? Probably last year, eh? Uh, definitely. I feel like, I don't know, the last time that like, uh, comes to mind is the Portrayal of Guild show that Sinner opened for, I think. Like That would have been two, two years ago now. Yeah, that would have been a while ago. Damn, it's been or, a minute. Yeah. Um, although, I don't know, maybe we played with... Oh, yeah, we played with... Did we play with you guys in Niagara, like on the like vacuum tour at the end of last year? Um, oh, we okay. We played with Hellbent at the at uh, Houndstooth, uh, but you weren't there. That's right. Um, and then I think, yeah, you you didn't play the Niagara show, but that was like also around the same time. But yeah, I don't know when last time I saw you was. I've seen your band, so. (laughs) It's been a long time. Um, So yeah, I've let the listeners know what you do, but tell us in your words, your role in the Ontario heavy community. Yeah, I don't know. I've just uh, played in bands for a while, um, uh, filling in for lots of them, I guess, was mostly how I started uh, and just like playing like small shows and stuff. Um, And... Yeah, I guess like the two larger bands in the heavy community that I've played in, I suppose, would be Life and Vacuum and Loose Teeth. Um, Like Loose Teeth is particularly heavy, but Life and Vacuum is pretty punk, I suppose. Um, And I do bass and vocals in both of those bands, uh, like backing vocals in Life and Vacuum. Yeah, aside from that, just like I've been a long-term supporter in the community, I suppose, just going to shows all the fucking time. Uh, basically live at Sneaky D's for all of their shows and hard luck and back in the day um, uh, with Coalition and uh, Soy Bomb and everything. Yeah, it was like any time that my band uh, ever played Coalition, I could almost expect you to be there. It was awesome. Yeah, that place was fucking sick. You could also just guarantee like an awesome show almost any night of the week and there hasn't been a place that's replaced it since it disappeared, unfortunately a shame covid took that place right or did it shut down before no it was one of the ones that shut down like i don't know three or four years ago when toronto like was seeing a shitload of venues shut down like uh silver dollar room and fuck i don't even know just like tons uh double double land shibijibis uh yeah i don't know the list goes on so have you always played in Life in Vacuum? I don't know if I ever knew that. No, um, I started playing Life in Vacuum, like, I guess, sorry, with the pandemic, everything's fucking weird on my timeline, but always. like, yeah, maybe like three years ago or something. Um, uh, we did about like a year and a half or like maybe two years of touring before the pandemic. Um, but they, they've been around for like 10 to 12 years, I think. Um, I met those guys back when Ross, the drummer worked at smiling Buddha before that place shut down, or, um, I think they might still be operational, but their owner is a piece of shit. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. So I met him back when he was bartending at smiling Buddha and I just gotten off of the road filling in for dilly dally, um, which is a friend's band that, um 
their bassist wanted to take some time off. And so I filled in for them for a while. And uh, Ross was in need of a bassist. Also, their bassist had just left their band and hit me up. And uh, I said no for like a year. And they got people to fill in because I don't really know how to play bass very well or didn't at the time. Um, and then eventually, yeah, I know we started touring together. So three years, I guess, to answer your question. That's awesome. Um, so Loose Teeth has been fairly busy over the last couple of months. It's safe to say you've taken the time of the pandemic and used it to be creative. Um, when are, are we coming up with a, are you guys coming out with a EP this year? Uh, yeah. So we're just waiting to drop um, our first EP of the year, um, uh, a comorbid letter. And then we have another EP that we're going to the studio for probably in about a month. We just like, uh wrote a ton of stuff i guess before the pandemic and as soon as we were able to we just decided to go back in and record uh all of the like old shit that we were playing right before the pandemic because we hadn't really released anything we were still brand new basically um <clears throat> with the current lineup and during that process we also wrote a bunch and so we have another ep ready and we're already moving past that because none of us have anything better to do than to get together and write heavy shit, I suppose. Right on, right on. Now, when we first originally met you, you were playing in a, uh, a previous band called <laughs> farm boy. Uh, was that your first band? What got you into playing music? Um, no, I, I've been playing music my whole life, I suppose. Um, I went like, yeah, from like, when I was really young or whatever and like shitty little bands in my hometown that would open for touring bands that would come through back when bands would actually tour small towns and shit. Um, like back in the days when, you know, protest a hero would do like a fucking 30 day Ontario tour, you know? Um, but I went to Humber for jazz on drums for about a year when I was 17 or 18. Um, and then I dropped out of Humber and started working in like hip hop studios uh, just because I met some people that recorded hip hop, Euphonic Sound, and like, I don't know, a couple other places and started recording other people at my own place and some bands and stuff. Uh, like I helped track Bad Channels' record. They were on like Buzz Records, some other people back then. And just started filling in for people um, in bands like Sweet and Lowdown, then filling in on drums for them for like, I don't know, six years or something, whenever their drummers are available. Um, I played in Bad Channels for a bit after I tracked their record or their vocals. And yeah, I don't know, I've been playing music for a long time, but none of it was very serious, I suppose, until um, uh, I toured with Dilly Dally for quite a bit and then came back and yeah, it did the life and vacuum shit. And uh, yeah, Farm Boy kind of uh, is an old iteration of Loose Teeth with like past members, I suppose. It was just like something that we made for fun with friends. And it was like a silly hardcore band uh, and like played some very silly shows. And then we got more serious as of late and made a, a real band. <laughs> <laughs> Now you said your hometown. Yeah, like I, I assume that you're not. You know, nobody's from Toronto. Where Where did you grow up from? Uh, like an hour and a half northwest of Toronto in a town called Tottenham. Um, but I went to high school in Alliston, which is like a much bigger town that some people know. I suppose <laughs> uh, it was it was big enough to get like 
I Mannequin to come out there and I don't know, just a handful of like punk bands back in the day. But it's like near Barrie for anybody who doesn't know their small town Ontario. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So that just goes to show you how, uh, from, you know, for the listeners who, who aren't necessarily familiar with the uh, province of Ontario, it's, uh, it's big and there's a lot of cities and music is always in all those places. So it's awesome that, uh, you know, you managed to get into the hardcore scene throughout there. Yeah, it is pretty wild. Hey, they're like different scenes pop up in like small like places I never would have thought would like, do you remember, um, I guess like the rust dudes like, and that, that hardcore festival up in Collingwood, like Collingwood's a weird place for like hardcore to be happening, but it happens there. And then there was like that Belleville festival for a while yeah just like and these iterations just sort of like pop up and dissipate like as quick as they do it seems because there's just ongoing music in all these like little places it's crazy that's insane um so yeah you you said you started you've played you played drums in farm boy and you played drums when you were you started when you were 17 uh but you're the vocalist in uh loose teeth uh what led <coughs> you to fill the position well yeah actually farm boy was tracking like a couple of songs to put out our first EP, I suppose. Uh, I was just doing backing vocals or trying to do backing vocals. I'd never done any like screaming before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, like I was like just trying to demo something, I guess. Like it wasn't it was supposed to be a scratch track. And then I came back in the room and the guys were like, yeah, I don't know. Like maybe you should be the vocalist for this <laughs> band, <laughs> uh, which was nice. But then I had to learn how to be a vocalist, which is really intimidating, <laughs> especially for a hardcore band. Like as a front man, it's very intimidating. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine someone who's uh, played music and uh, has even gone to school for it, you know, stepping up to uh, a position as a vocalist because uh, you're taking, uh, you know, a lot of the, not necessarily all the things that you know, and throwing them at the window because you still need to know, you know, a little bit, but you, for as far as actually like technique goes, it's not necessarily a thing someone can just pick up and run with. It is something people, I feel like everybody can do. That's something I, I believe in, but as far as actually like picking it up and doing it well, which I'd like to add that you do it really well, those friggin' songs you have put out. Thank you. <laughs> super badass. Um, so yeah, for someone who's just like for is was loose teeth. So loose teeth is your uh, first project that you've done vocals with. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's unreal. Like you wouldn't be able to tell. Oh, thanks. I remember. Yeah. So in the farm boy days when we tracked that like farm boy, a couple of things. I, um, and then I don't know if we ever released them. I think they just eventually became like the starting songs that we would do for like loose teeth. But I remember hitting you up and being like, yo, does this sound okay? <laughs> Cause um, I, at that time I'd already played with like Hellbent and Sinner, I think also um, like several times over. Uh, and so I knew you pretty well. And I was like, I just need somebody to tell me that it was sounding okay. <laughs> I remember you giving me positive feedback, which was very handy. But uh, yeah, the the technique and stuff came with lots of time and practice, I guess. Um, but the scariest thing about like, or not scary, I suppose, but the most uncomfortable thing to get used to is just being the center of attention, I suppose. I was just used to sitting behind the drums and somebody else doing all of that. But like, uh, like entertaining an entire fucking audience is is super difficult. Like when you're playing music, a lot of time, like 
uh, like with instrumentation, I mean, you, you can kind of just like sit into the background and be comfortable, but uh, you can never do that when you're doing vocals. Even when you're not doing vocals, then you have to figure out how to not feel uncomfortable not doing vocals. It's, yeah, that was the hardest part to get used to. <laughs> it's funny you say that because it is definitely uh, a bit of a mind game when you're up there as the vocalist. I never really considered it like that, but until you said it, it's, I am thinking all those things that you're saying. Yeah, uh, I hope that doesn't give you anxiety now when you're on stage, but it uh, it used to like for sure when I when I first started doing it. But uh, you get comfortable with it, and now um, our bassist for Loose Teeth uh, is Derek Evoy, um, or like touring bassist, I guess I should say, uh, because he lives in DC and he has for the last couple of years. So uh, whenever he comes back home, typically we just do like a run of shows together, and I do vocals. Uh, as the front man again, but predominantly we're a three piece. And so that's a lot more comfortable for me, especially because Life in Vacuum is a three piece. I'm all, like ready used to doing bass with like a bit of vocals. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, what have been some of your favorite Ontario bands within the last year or so, or the last couple of years or so? Uh, what's caught your attention? Fuck, there's literally tons, I guess. Uh, Miners has always been a, like a huge one. Um, yeah, uh, they're incredible. And the Voltang guys are also insane. Yeah. Love those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Jake is such a nice dude. And Paul, I know those those guys at least uh, pretty well, I think. And uh, yeah, not only are they in just an incredible, crazy fucking band, but they're just like super nice dudes that are also um, heavily involved with the music scene. And just like you run into them at shows in Hamilton and um, are always you know, Paul's always shooting music videos and Jake's always shooting music videos or doing things with bands in Hamilton as well. And yeah, anyway, those guys are great. The Good Depression, we've been fortunate enough to play with several times. Love those guys. Yeah, who else? I mean, there's there's literally a million. Oh yeah, Die Hacks are like uh, old homies. Like they played with us back when we were Farm Boy as well. But I remember the promoter at uh, Silver, Silver Dollar Room back in the day um, the first, like the mo first moments we met Die Hex, uh, we were like setting up for a show and, uh, he just like came in and started throwing chairs across <laughs> the room. And like, I don't know if you remember the silver dollar room chairs, but they're fucking steel chairs. Yeah. And like, we were like, just like, I was like, just meeting Marcel. I'm like about to like walk up and be like, Hey dude. And like, just fucking chairs were like being thrown across the room. <laughs> yeah. That guy's crazy. He's also a very nice dude though. And, um, just a bit of another sometimes yeah so die hacks as well yeah i don't know man the list goes fucking on and on uh, i noticed that you've been featuring some jock stuff like i, I don't know those, those, those guys personally um but that stuff sounds super cool yeah i don't know uh we played like this is a weird one for me because it's def it's not my usual style of music at all or something that i typically listen to but we we played with ocean cure up in quebec city and like i don't know what you would call them they're like sort of heavy but like uh pretty poppy as well mm -hmm. um but they were just so nice <laughs> they i think that was like one of our first shows and like it was just so nice playing with them and they were like a really tight band as well um and yeah i don't know the list goes on man that's great that's awesome it's good to know that you've got a uh your finger on the pulse of the Ontario music, because uh, I do bring this up almost every time I ask that question with uh, guests. Like, that's part of the reason why I start this podcast, because 
Uh, there are some guests who, who don't necessarily have an answer for that. And it's because it's, there's so much music happening in Ontario that I don't think they necessarily have the platform to, for everybody to necessarily, you know, keep, uh, keep with it. And then all the bands that are coming out. So yeah, it's, it's good to hear that you're on that. Um, yeah. I, I have to say it was like, it was a hard question to answer because there's, there's literally so fucking many, as you know. So where to start is difficult, and I already feel like I'm probably going to disappoint some people by not shutting them out. But there's like, there's just so many that I love listening to. So, like, yeah, fuck. I mean, back in the day, raps were incredible. It's a shame that those guys broke up. I just, I don't know. There's just so many. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have an interest in video and photography. That's kind of part of the reason why you're so tired right now. Uh, for the listeners, you know. <laughs> Poor Alex. Uh, I think he went to bed at like seven. And right? Did you go to bed? When did you go to bed this, today? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was texting you. When I went to bed at seven. That's yeah, an unfortunate reality of the the film industry, I suppose. <laughs> so how how did you get started with film and uh, uh, like film and uh, is it film and photography? Or is it just? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I help out some photographers for sure, but I like to survive in Toronto. I I think the two like main industries as a touring like artist like if you're going to be gone six months of the year and be able to pay rent in toronto like the two industries that are lucrative enough i suppose are the film industry and the service industry like you either bartend or work in the film industry so when i got back from touring with dilly dally i don't know how many years ago that is now uh, i hit up uh, my friend and bassist in, in bc Derek evoy and uh like asked for all of his film contacts and and Trevor, my guitarist now, all all of Derek's contacts did not work out for the record. Uh, but Tre Trevor's contacts immediately got me working because I needed a job. Like I'd been touring with Dilly Dally for about a year, I think, or or like, yeah, I don't even know. And I hadn't worked in so long because um, uh, they were making enough money to pay my bills, and and that was great. But uh, yeah, so I, I I just needed something. Uh, in Toronto that I could work quick and as soon as I started I just like I was like oh fuck I know a ton of people on set like through the music scene there are so many dudes that work in the music scene like Sights and Sounds Comeback Kid those guys <laughs> lots, of, lots of people work in the film industry essentially um, yeah you either bartend or do this or I don't even fucking know how you can afford to live here otherwise <laughs> And I'm not sure if too many people know this, but uh, it's a lot. It's a lot cheaper for for like American shows to shoot in Canada. So a lot of stuff gets shot in like Toronto and Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, we do tons of service jobs. Like uh, tons of companies come overseas to, like even yeah, even overseas. Like it's really cheap for American companies to come up and shoot here because of uh like all the tax write-offs i suppose and the exchange rate and and everything so uh in toronto and vancouver we shoot a ton of you know north america and some of the world's commercials and then um a lot of tv and movies um predominantly in uh vancouver for like long format hollywood shit but um but yeah still a ton of stuff in toronto and and be, and on the outskirts of Toronto, like Hamilton, yeah, for sure. It's just like more accessible. Ham Hamilton has like a ton of studios out there and like a ton of places that they shoot. We shoot like tons of car commercials out in like Guelph area because it's nice to rip around on picturesque looking roads, I guess, with <laughs> like drones above you. Um, and uh, yeah, 
a, there, it's a huge industry here. Um, and it's still booming during the pandemic. And it's one of the few places like I get tested every week, fortunately, and they pay me to get tested. Um, and I've been able to get lots of people work, fortunately, that are musicians as well. Um, and pe- people that are still out of work, like they should be reaching out to uh, production managers and uh, trying to get their foot in the door because there's like pretty well-paid work that is super safe with all of our rigorous testing and um and parameters that we use for covid so would highly recommend it for those who are still out of work that are listening to this That's a great recommendation. All right. Uh, so let's get into some anecdotes. Tell me some of your wildest stories from being on the road or in the studio or anything in between. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, when you hit me up for this, I was trying to like put together some of them cause there's some, yeah, some wild ones, I suppose. And I was trying to like figure or like place them. Uh, but I figured maybe I would just like start by going band to band. So we'll start with loose teeth because like, the, like that's the shit that is coming out soon so the the first tour that we ever did was with in the name of havoc from montreal it was only like four or five days i think and we played with uh kennedy and i can't remember now who else uh, in montreal and stuff um but uh, we decided to fill a date in oshawa and keep in mind this is like 
this is the first time I've ever done vocals also. So like these are the first five shows ever been like the front man for a band. Uh, so we showed up to this venue in Oshawa. Uh, do, you, do you remember the, like the one punk venue that's there? Is it the Mustache Club? No, shit. No, there's, I guess there's two. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's got like an upstairs and a downstairs. Oh, no. I, I, like, I, we've only played that one place and it wasn't bad. Okay. Mine was bad. So, <laughs> uh, like, so we opened it up and uh, there was like nobody there yet. Um, but after we loaded in this like one like wasted mid like mid 50s woman, I suppose, uh, just like really wanted to party and was like dancing around to the music and like, you know, wanted to come and hang out with us while we were like setting up our merch and stuff. That was fine. We were just like happy to hang with her and like chill. I remember like uh, my bassist like dancing with her on the dance floor and stuff and just like having a good time at like 6 p.m. at load in or whatever. Anyway, like the, sh- the show or the rest of the band showed up. Um, I don't remember the names of the Oshawa like local bands. And it's probably best I don't name them for reasons later in the story anyway. Anyway, we had to play first. And so it was like, I don't know, nine o'clock. It was like too early for an Oshawa show. And it was probably like a Tuesday or something. It was a fucking like awful time to play Oshawa. And so I basically just, we basically just played to the other bands, but this woman who we just met and we're like just drinking with and having a good time with, uh, was really enjoying it. <laughs> and she was like the one fan and she was like dancing around and stuff with like the guys in, in the name of Havoc and stuff. They were like moshing around and stuff. But then she started to like, like I was up on like the stage or whatever. And then she started to like grab me and, uh, started to like mock like give me a blowjob and <laughs> and like yeah like on stage and I was like whatever I guess I'm just gonna like deal with this like this is kind of silly we're playing to fucking nobody I'm like just playing to my friends basically um until she she like undid my pants and like started to pull them down <laughs> and then uh and then was about to like pull my boxers down before I had to like pull myself away from her and like also like mid screaming in a fucking hardcore band it was like not like the most opportune moments <laughs> uh we've finished playing and like it's all quiet in there and the fucking house music comes back up um and one of the dudes in the Oshawa band is like why is everybody flirting with my mom <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like <laughs> to be fair, to be totally clear, we were not flirting with her. We were just she just wanted to hang out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was like the drummer for the headlining band from Oshawa's mom that <laughs> was just like wasted there before any bands even showed up. I guess that's my like loose teeth anecdote because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there hasn't been a lot. We've been we're a pretty new band, I suppose. So right. Um, Life in Vacuum, the most recent one, there's a, there's a handful of Life in Vacuum ones even after touring only for a couple of years, which like, whatever, I don't care. They're, they, they're probably going to be embarrassed I shared these, but I, like, I think they're hilarious. So one of our last tours was with Exhalants from Texas, who are a fucking amazing heavy band, like super, super good. Uh, definitely recommend checking them out. I don't know. It was a great tour. We played Fest in Florida. That was like the main reason we ended up down in Texas. And then we toured back from Texas up uh, to Canada with Exhalants. We played like a string of great shows. Those guys love to party. Very good at touring. They only eat Chef Boyardee and mushrooms, basically. And so the mushrooms came into play when we, we stayed, I don't know, somewhere 
somewhere in the Midwest, I think. We stayed in like an old dilapidated squat um, with some like pretty cool punks that like squat there. It was freezing. It was like November and there's like no electricity or heat in this like old dilapidated house that they have completely, like they've moved into completely. Like they have their beds and like even their artwork on the walls and everything, but it's just like a legit squat with like broken windows and it's frigid. But um, when we left, they gave us a gigantic bag of mushrooms, like the most mushrooms I think I've ever seen in one spot. Uh, so for the next few days, we, you know, we're like lightly taking these mushrooms, uh, like exhalants and life and vacuum and stuff just at the show, like didn't want to get too high while we were playing because um, they were like pretty great shows. Like exhalants are really coming up right now. A lot of the shows were sold out um, or, you know, playing to lots of people. We got to Chicago and it looked to be probably Life and Vacuum's best show in Chicago. I think that year we played Chicago like three or four times already. But there was like, I don't know, there's like a 300 or 400 capacity room with like 250 people in before the like first band. Like it was shaping up to be a really good show. But we also, before, before we got there, or I guess we got there first um, and didn't know what to do. We just had hours before the venue opened. We didn't really know where to go in Chicago, and we knew we were staying the night probably in our van, which we did end up doing. Uh, so we just started to like drink the leftover booze from like the, the night before, I suppose, waiting for exhalants to get into the city, who I guess like chilled at the last city for a while. By the time we were loading in and the venue opened, we were all pretty drunk. Thought it would be a good idea to start taking the mushrooms. I think we headlined that show, and like by the end it was packed and there were a bunch of people that had already bought a ton of life and vacuum merch. Uh, like they're like, like we're getting up on stage and there's just like seas of like life and vacuum shirts. And so we start setting up and me and Ross are like ready to go. The sound guys like, look, we're like really tight. So you guys like have to just play like 30 minutes. Let's do this like quick. Um, and then we noticed that like uh, Sasha, our guitarist, I uh, was really struggling to get his guitars plugged in because he was tripping really hard. Um, but our set starts with like a bunch of noise. So like I start doing my feedback and so is Ross and Sasha is sitting there like trying to just plug in his guitars to, and maybe for like five, 10 minutes, I guess, or it felt like 10 minutes anyway. And we had to go over and we tried to like help him plug in his guitar because he just like couldn't get his pedal board to work or anything. Um, and he was like, no, 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 fuck off. I've got this. <laughs> He had like a bunch of wiring issues that turned out on his pedal board. And so we started playing and like when he finally figured it out, which is like our set is like half over because they needed us out of there for their uh, like hard out or whatever. And we start playing this song and 10 seconds in his guitar just like fucking cuts out. And so we stop again and this is like super fucking embarrassing. It's like 15 minutes. We're all high as fuck on shrooms. Uh, and there is an, like a huge audience that we're headlining in front of like super embarrassing at this point. But anyway, he, he like figures out his guitar uh, after a few more minutes, we start playing another song, maybe 20 seconds in it like cuts out entirely again. And then Sasha, Sasha just like fucking smashed his guitar and kicked over his pedals and walked off stage. And so that was our set to like a sold out <laughs> crowd, like headlining was just like a bunch of feedback and like just trying to plug in a guitar for like 20 or 30 minutes. It was really embarrassing. And then, uh, and then we just had to like fucking hang out in the venue until we got paid. <laughs> and afterwards, <laughs> which I think we like gave all to exhalants that night. And then afterwards we got offered a place to stay and we were like, no, we don't deserve this. We're just going to stay in the van. 
<laughs> and then so we slept in the frigid van that night. Another one for Life in Vacuum. Uh, we toured with Birds in Row um, in 2019, right before, like at the end of the summer. Uh, we did like an Eastern European tour with them. And we went to, yeah, we, we started in Prague and we went back to France with Birds in Row. And then we did uh, like our own stint to get back to a pop show in Budapest. And we played with Pop as our last show. Nice. But on the way, yeah. Yeah, so that was a shitload of fun with some like really incredible bands. We headlined... Uh, or like we were one of the co-headliners of a big festival in Slovakia on our way back to Budapest. Like DOA was the only other like North American band and they were on like another day, the Saturday and we were on the Friday or whatever, something like that. Slovakia is crazy. Um, people there just like, I, I can't remember the, the like grain alcohol that they drink, but like a lot of them brew it themselves. And that festival was just like a ton of, wasted slovakians like drinking out in the sun all day long watching grindcore bands it, like it was all grindcore um except for us and we were like on the main stage one of the last acts on the friday and so like all these eastern european grindcore bands and us it was great uh like played a great show these guys hosted us very well and since we were from so far away uh they had like this also semi-dilapidated building where they had like fashioned a couple of like concrete rooms with like beds for us to stay in for the night. And that's kind of like where we put our shit and like would go back to and uh, like to get like drinks or whatever, or like, like drink tokens or whatever they were giving us, but it was unlocked the entire time. And, you know, random people were going in there to use the washrooms rather than the porta potties or whatever, which was fine by us. Like we didn't care, but this is a festival of thousands of drunken Slovakians like walk into like where we were staying we stay up like all night because this is the first night of a festival with all these people that are absolutely raging. It's like a huge festival in Bratislava or outside of Bratislava, I think. In the morning, uh, we get shooken awake by security. Like, we, I think we went to bed at like seven in the morning, probably, like drinking all this grain alcohol with them. Uh, and they're like, you guys need to get the fuck out of here at like 10 in the morning. So I think we all had like three hours sleep. And we were like, had no idea what was going on. Cause like literally three hours ago, we were just like drinking with the festival, like uh, promoters and like all the people organizing it and shit. And just like having a great time. They're like, no, you guys need to get the fuck out of here. We're kicking you out. And we're like, what the fuck happened? Like, like, what did we do? Also there's like speaking broken, like Slovakian and like barely any English to us. And they're just really fucking angry and yelling at us. And they're like, you're getting out, like grabbing our bags and like dragging us out of the place. And then like, a promoter that we knew from uh, like somewhere else in Slovakia ends up like seeing what's going on, like then like dragging us out of the like campgrounds or whatever uh, on the morning and like comes over and starts to translate for us, I guess. And they were like, they shit on the floor. Like they shit all over the floor, <laughs> I guess is what they were like. They were claiming that we did. And so they, I guess they dragged in Sasha, our guitarist, and like to show him. And in some room there was just like a perfectly curled up like shit right on the floor keep in mind like we were the only ones that knew or were supposed to have access to the washrooms like but there were like thousands of slovakians coming into this like little hut that we were staying in and so they were accusing like the only people that like literally were supposed to be using the washrooms of like coming in and shitting on the fucking floor the guy like tried to uh like translate and like apologize for us and be like look these guys like did not shit on the floor we were with them like hours ago and they went 
like to bed, like, but this guy just wouldn't have it. He just like was convinced that one of us were the ones who did it. I, like, I don't know if like he, he just pissed him off the night before from being wasted or something, but he was com- convinced that one of us shit on the floor. So on like three hours sleep, we had to pack up and get out of that festival because he would not back down. And then I think that's when we drove to the, like that day to Budapest to play with pup or whatever, but it was the most hungover awful drive of my life. I think now, and um, we hit up our like European promoter afterwards, like, like a month when we got a month later after we got back to Canada and they were like, and like explained the story, of course. And we're like, yo, we obviously did not shit on the floor at this festival. uh, So like, please keep booking us. (laughs) Um, And so the, the booking agent or whatever in Europe, like got back to us was like, yeah, obviously we know you guys didn't shit on the floor and I've tried to talk down to them, but you guys are bananned from playing in Slovakia now (laughs) or like, (laughs) or in this, in this, like in Bratislava area, basically. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Getting banned from Bratislava, like, or Slovakian festivals for shooting on the floor is definitely up there in my anecdotes. <laughs> Still to this day, uh, we all are convinced that one of us shot on the floor and passed the blame around. But I swear I didn't shit on the floor. <laughs> for anyone <laughs> listening, I swear I didn't friggin' shit on the floor. Yeah. Um, like, I'm pretty sure I had to take a shit in the morning that day or something. Like, I had proof. <laughs> That's mm. funny. Also, there was no toilet paper around the shit either. So we were like, okay, who's sitting here that hasn't wiped their ass in this van? <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, nobody spoke up. I don't know. Yes. So we don't know. <laughs> Could have been us, though. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Those are some pretty good anecdotes. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's probably more, but those were the ones that came to mind when I was trying to remember... <laughs> some of the, the like weird things that have happened on the road this morning <laughs> well you know what uh i think i'll end the episode there because uh, I, I don't want to keep you up for too much longer i think you should probably go get get a little bit more sleep in you <laughs> <laughs> thank you too i probably need that but uh thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me even though you're running on very little sleep i feel like we've got <laughs> to know each other a little bit better which is great um yeah where can the listeners find your band social medias at? Uh, yeah, so Life in Vacuum is everywhere. Like, we're repped by New Damage. So, like, uh, on all the New Damage sites is, and, like, you know, they distribute us everywhere. All the streaming services, Bandcamp. We have our own uh, website, Life in Vacuum dot com i think maybe dossier i don't know uh, loose teeth like predominantly operates off of instagram because we're just lazy and haven't really made <laughs> anything else like our first couple of singles are on Bandcamp and uh spotify and uh we have a music video that dropped not too long ago that andy friesen animated who's dope and that's on youtube um and we have a new one um that uh, until it drops, I guess I can't say much about it, but uh, I think you have the new single track that you're going to share, which is uh, tight. And there's going to be a music video for that dropping on YouTube and on Instagram and whatever very soon. Right on. And that's right. We're going to play the brand new track, Fatalism by Loose Teeth. Thank you for hanging out with me, Alex. Yeah, thanks, dude. It's a gun.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Banecdotes. Don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review. So if you're listening on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app or the Google Podcast app, make sure you're liking and subscribing and telling them how good we're doing. A little goes a long way. Check us out on our Instagram, at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. If you want to be a part of the show, if you have a single coming out and you want to be featured on this month or next month's New Music of the Month episode, shoot me an email, banecdotes at gmail.com. That song I played in the middle there by Loose Teeth was called Delaney's Demise. And you can check all those tunes out that I played on their band camp, Loose Teeth hc.bandcamp.com I'm going to get going I hope you have yourself a great day or a great evening or a great morning whenever you're listening to this thanks again <laughs>